Welcome to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today. And welcome along to Homestyle. Yes, my name is Jane Neild and I have the absolute pleasure of jumping into the studio with Shana Blaze, interior designer, author, TV presenter, winner of the Celebrity Apprentice for 2021 and founder of Voice of Change Australia. Of course, we are here thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne. That's Red Energy, except Shana, you are down the Zoom line today, but we had to catch up every couple of weeks. We'll be back in the studio soon. How are you? And wow, congratulations on winning Celebrity Apprentice. Got to say, so many of our podcast listeners were really thrilled to see you win that. We were all cheering for you. So how's the last couple of weeks been? For one, keeping it a secret this amount of time because we filmed <laughs> it last year um, was really hard. But I, but also it was at the stage where it was like, did that really happen? Was it was that a bad dream or a good dream or what happened? So the fact that last week we were able to celebrate it for the very first time was quite surreal. Um, but yeah, there's been so much beautiful support, and you know, thank you everybody out there that's listening and all the people online. It's just been so phenomenal for people to be so excited for you and cheering for you and um, really believing in you know what why I, why I was there. So when you look back on that experience, because I'm assuming for someone like yourself, I mean, you know, the Selling Houses Australia thing, you were just so much a part of that team. You knew what you were doing, 13 seasons or so. But to actually have taken that risk of putting yourself out there on a show like The Celebrity Apprentice, now that you've won it and you've got a bit of space to look back, do you see that as, actually, I was really brave to do that and Geez, I'm glad I did. How do you sort of view it now? I think that that was part of the process of going in is, you know, it was a very short time from when I said I would do it to when I was there. It was a case that, you know, I am known for certain things and I'm known for what I do and you going on those shows does expose you as a person, no matter who you are, whether you um, have a career people know about or people seeing you for the first time, you are exposing who you are. And so I had to be very sure of going in there that I was comfortable with that and two, that I was going to 100% be myself and not try and do anything that wasn't me. And if something didn't agree with me or I weren't, wasn't comfortable, I was going to push back. Um, so I was pretty prepared for, you know, some confrontation in the fact that not so much in battling somebody, but more sort of like, you know, if something wasn't sitting right, that I was there to actually put my hand up. But really you only saw, saw that in the second last episode with Martha where I just went, hang on a minute. Um, <laughs> most of the time, you know, everyone was pretty amazing because everybody had that same feel of that they were there for their charity, they were being real and, um, you know, there was a couple of people playing a game but it was really obvious they were playing a game. So um, I didn't feel like there was anybody there that was um, there for the wrong reasons. And I actually loved watching some of your Instagram videos with your lovely daughter as well while the show was actually rolling out. Like, did you cringe at points and just go, oh, like, or, or were you really happy with the way you actually got portrayed in the end? Uh, look, I think I, I always knew watching myself in the boardroom was going to be hard and that was the part because, you know, the amount of times I was in there 
for the wrong reasons. I was just there because one people, one thought I was safe. And then once I'd been there a couple of times, it was a case, well, she's bound to go at any time. So that's how I felt there was a target on my back. Not so much that people weren't agreeing or what I was doing. It's just like, well, she's got to go sometime, doesn't she? She can't keep surviving. And that's what I thought too. So just watching my face and just seeing, and you know, there's a lot you know, people saying, oh, why didn't you stick up yourself more and whatever, but I did. And that, that, you know, there's only so much time. I never argued with anybody, but I did have very strong points and that's why I stayed. Um, it wasn't because I was silent. Um, but also with Carly, what, what was so amazing and Jess came on the last one is that they knew I was doing all the challenges, but they wouldn't know if I was in the boardroom or whether I survived or didn't survive. So, Carly was feeling it every time watching it because she knew what they were going through at home waiting to see what was going to happen. But I said to somebody, I think I've got a little bit of post-traumatic stress watching it. (laughs) Like I relived it, like the pain. So um, I don't think there was any cringe moments for me, but I I, I really, I relived the pain without a doubt. (laughs) Now I was sort of thinking as I was watching that final episode about the skills that you need to pull together a really successful event. So for people who didn't watch the show, you had to put on, I don't know, like a gala event. You had to entice people to come, make sure they were fed, they had drinks, there was a great atmosphere and you did it so successfully. You had the auction which raised a, a ridiculous amount of money for Voice of Change Australia, but it actually made me realise how renovating and dealing with a project, a design project, actually gives you those skills that are very transferable to other things. It's kind of pulling that event off was like a mini version of doing a renovation, wasn't it? Did you sort of feel proud that those skills you've had for so long in your design work were actually able to give you that edge in the end? I can't take credit for all of it, Jane. I really can't. It's about the people that you have around you. Which is like um, a renovation but, or a build. That's It's about the pretty team. Much, pretty yeah. much. It's all the people around you that makes it successful for you. Um, I'm really lucky in the fact that um, Neva, who works for me, um, is an event manager. So she had her old event management skills that she has done transferable skills to uh-huh. renovation <laughs> all that sort of thing. So I think between the two of us, we've been able to sort of do our transferable skills together um but I but I think you know I've put on a couple of events like that before because you know I used to be in bands and I used to sing so to me um putting together performances whether it's in design events or um the music industry or the arts industry that the transferable skills are exactly the same it was straight into business mode on that one it's just like right I need this 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 who where who, who do I need to help? Who's going to call this person? Who's going to do that? And But I'd never seen Carly in the arena like that. And she just rose to the occasion. It was just incredible. She was not going to let us down. <laughs> and when it comes to holding your own, I've got a friend going through the tail end of a really, you know, full on off grid build on a new home build with some, I'd say, personality clash issues with uh, the builder and the the builder's PA, like having to stand up and go, hang on a second, I'm not comfortable with this. Like, is that a good sort of mindset to have? I mean, you don't want to be the annoying client who's already always causing issues, but at some point with a renovation or a build or a design project, you know, you've got to really know deep down what you want for yourself and be able to say, hang on not not going to you know take that is is that something you yeah. think people need to be prepared for if they're taking on a big reno or a build 
Absolutely, because a lot of the time if someone's taking on a big reno, they are they are relying on their trades to um, give them advice and knowledge and, um, you know, certain builders have a certain way to do something and, and so they should, but if it doesn't sit comfortably with you, you need to voice that opinion and not wait till the job's done and then, and then really have a go at the builder. You've got to have that communication throughout the process. You can't hand a job to somebody and then get to the end and go, well, hang on a minute. You need to be present and, you know, um, with the renovation communication um, and it's not always bad communication skills, it's lost in translation. And, and, you know, it's happened on a couple of jobs, you know, that I've got and one that I'm doing at the moment where you're not there and they have to make a decision and you come back and go, hang on a minute. And they're going, well, I had to make a decision. So there's, there's things that you can work out. So you have to sometimes go, okay, I get why you had to do that. I can sit with it, but this other one I can't. So let's work that out. So you've really got to have negotiation skills. And I think it's really important that um, you've got to have a few wins and a few losses. But if you want the renovation to go exactly how you want to be, you literally have to be on site every day because decisions will be made without you. So let's just check in with that uh, renovation process that you're talking about. Um, as we've mentioned, if you're listening to Homestyle, thanks to Renergy for the first time, Shana bought a little country place. I did as well. Not so much happening on my renovation front. Um, but a few weeks ago, ridiculous storms hit regional Australia, hit uh, regional Victoria, Metro Melbourne. There's homes that have been without power for weeks on in on end up in, uh, you know, 30 k's out of Melbourne, up in the Dan ranges, widespread destruction, trees falling down left, right and centre. How did you cope with knowing that your little place was in the eye of the storm, so to speak? Because I thought my roof was going to blow off. Luckily, not too much damage that I couldn't deal with with a chainsaw the next morning. But it's scary times, isn't it? I have to say that, you know, thank God we've got a lot of locals around us because um, they were telling us, you know, when you think of a storm, you really don't think it's going to be as bad. Or what, you know, I think these big storms, and I think more Queensland because it had those cyclone-type things, so I didn't really think it was going to be as bad as what it was, but the locals were going, nah, this is, this is something bad. So it's quite a big build, and it wasn't even into lock up one part of it. So the builders spent a whole day, like not just eight hours, like probably 12, 14 hours getting it ready for the storm. Oh. And I just thought, oh, far out, that's incredible. Then when the storm hit, it literally ripped apart half the stuff that they prepped. So we're talking tarps and stuff. Yep, blown it down. Oh, no, they had battened down the tarps, not just putting over They had battened things down. And um, we thought there's no way. A tiny bit of wind got in some crack and it just swirled inside and then lifted off everything. And come back and there's stuff down the street, down the road, um, in neighbours' houses. It, there was a lot of heavy things that had been blown off. So thank God most of it was at night because it would have been quite dangerous. Um, and then so there was another day of cleanup. So literally three days lost and then still feeling it now. Like we don't have a pat, we don't power. It's all running on generators at the moment. So you've got about 20 20 trades tripping wires and things like that because, you know, someone needs to cut a tile and then that'll trip the wire and someone needs to do the paint, the spray painting. So the long-term effects exactly on the reno is just phenomenal. It really is. that The the team are just working so hard and then they come against this and I just, oh, it's exhausting for them. It really, like it's exhausting for me, but 
all of them trying to get ahead on work and then the repercussions of this storm, it's, it's, it's pretty big. And I have to say there's no big trees on my property um, but the botanical gardens are just across the road. And to see these 100-year-old, maybe 100, because the, the botanical gardens were 1850, and some of these are original trees, so like 150-year-old trees, 100-year-old trees, just uprooted, and then that's it, they're gone. Like we saw six, God knows how many more. Yeah, it's incredible. And I was actually really pleased to hear on uh, Melbourne Radio this week that there are organisations out there that are actually going to try and save and salvage some of the timber that has fallen because, you know, I'm there with my chainsaw cutting up on my sister's block, which is a forest block, you know, these stunning blackwood trees, which furniture, you know, you could make so much and just thinking, oh my goodness, we're chopping this up for firewood. This is ridiculous. So um, it would be really good to see as people recover from the storms too, though, that some of that can actually be used and, and made into furniture or used for building and construction down the line. Well, I know some beautiful furniture makers up here in Kyneton. So if you want, if you want to pass on those numbers, I can, I can put you onto them. <laughs> oh, do I wish that I had a little bobcap or some sort of, uh, you know, a, one of those sawmills that you can do out on site? Oh, I would be absolutely loving it. Um, and Shana, do you have advice for people who have to deal with interruptions to renovations? So you're saying you've got the generators going. You spend a couple of days either side having to prepare and then clean up. But I guess the Tradies want to keep working. They're not just going to go, oh, sorry, Shana, power's off. Uh, See you in a couple of weeks. So, like, you really do have to be prepared for almost anything. You've said that on the show before that, you know, once you think, oh, we've got this nailed, it's home and hosed, there's always something. Yeah, I have to say, I have to say the... um the contingency budget of mine is just blown to smithereens Ooh. and this one absolutely blew it out. So, you know, I, I think you can prepare as much as you can um, but doesn't mean it's always going to go your way. And these sorts of things, like this was a once-in-40-year storm, mm-hmm. so for me you couldn't really prepare for that. But I think the main thing is that if you have a team that know how to um think left and right and back and forth, uh, you know, if somebody's just has a, a, a one, a narrow-minded sort of thought process, they're not going to be able to work out how, when the problems come along. So problem solving, having, having a building team and your, your skills as problem solving literally is the only way to get through these unexpected moments. Um, unfortunately, money has to come into play. And that it, it depends whether you can actually financially keep going on some of these things. Um, a lot of the times that's when you see builds that might sit there for another six to 12 months because they've had some of these left of field things happen and then they just can't keep going. Um, so as much as you can plan for it, I think having the right skill set of problem solving is one of the things like not a pe- not enough people really give credit to. Problem solving um, and quick problem solving is a major skill when things go pear-shaped. And are you having to actively watch the budget? I mean, I'm assuming that, you know, hiring generators and then you've got fuel costs and all of that is just every day adding, not to mention all that work that you did just to try and make sure the storm didn't damage things. So do you sort of keep yeah. a daily record of that or have you just gone, oh, oh look, I've it's... I've been up on the phone to tell you the truth, Jane. <laughs> the, daily, the, the daily and the weekly was the one. Now it's monthly. Now it's like the, you know, it's the budget to Jesus at the moment, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> 
And in the back of your mind, are you sort of going, hmm, remember that uh, marble bath I was going to put in or the, you know, are there things that you're already having to compromise in your mind? Unfortunately, a lot of the good stuff has already gone in. Ah. (laughs) So there's not much to cut back on. So the labour of all these bits and pieces and, you know, rebuying things and, you know, prices and a lot of anyone that's renovating um, at the moment will know that timber has gone up 30%. It's scare. There's certain items that you can't get. Um, you know, the country is getting scarce of deliveries from overseas and, um, you know, it's it, there's a lot going to be, a lot of bills I think that won't make it all the way through in the next couple of months because of contingency for not just COVID but for storms and, and financially at the moment. It's, um, it's going to be very interesting to see where you know, the renovation finishing process is going to go in the next few months. Now, we've got a listener question that we are going to get to in just a moment. Of course, you're listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne. That's Red Energy. I wanted to ask you, though, Shana, about the philosophy of coping with a new design. So I renovated my bathroom, contingency out the window with that one as well, once we found out that it was kind of a lot more rotten and a lot older in parts than I originally thought. But I don't know if this is a thing. Tell me if this is a thing. It it really freaked me out once it was finished because I was so used to seeing the old colour scheme, the old bathroom, that as soon as it was done, I kind of started looking at it and going, oh, is this just too much? Is the black grout too much? Oh, that's really stark. Oh, there's not enough colour. Why didn't I do, like, is it a thing that once you complete a design, a room, a full renovation, that it takes your eye a while to adjust to what you've just created? And is it normal to have second sort of guessing, second guessing yourself and to have doubts? I, I think there's all of the above, above and more. There's there's the part of like, you know, you visualised it in a certain way and then when it comes to fruition, you go, that's not what I thought it was going to be. That happens all the time. Um, and then, you know, the spatial awareness of the, the space you can't quite sort of grasp um, and all like, you know, a lot of people when they go the neutral, neutral, they think it's simple and safe, but then they go, oh my God, it's actually really boring. What am I going to do? How do I fix it up? <laughs> then there's the other part where people um, go from something old and they've waited so long for it. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people will agree with this that some people think, do I deserve this? Like, this is so, this is so good. I'm too scared to use it. Uh And a lot of people do, whether that's a bathroom or a kitchen or a couch, I mean, that goes after a while, but it's just that nervousness of like, you know, paying so much for something, waiting so long, and it looks incredibly gorgeous for you, um, that you're just too scared to use it. And you get used to that after a while, but I don't think it's regret, but it's also questioning is a big thing. Could I have done it this way? Could I have done it that way? But there's also a thing that you start comparing your finished product to someone else's finished product. Yes. So you've got to go back to your mentality of what did I want from the start and not compare what you've got to someone else's. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think you also maybe need to unfollow certain Instagram accounts and get off Pinterest. Like I'm really happy and I think it's taken three weeks for my eye to adjust to the bathroom renovation, which is straight off my kitchen too. So I'm literally, you know, seeing it if the door's not closed all of the time. But I think it's also like, you know, so much of your social media feed is professional photos, photos done with all sorts of effects on them or Pinterest pages that are just, you know, incredible collages of all these 
beautifully shot things with the exact right light that sometimes I walk in this bathroom and just go, oh, it's pretty stark, isn't it? But, you know, you, you sort of, I think, yeah, maybe do have to stop comparing and stop looking and stop looking at the next new tile that's come out and just sort of disconnect yourself yeah. from that for a while, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also a case of learning to live with the space. But but mainly, you know, all those beautiful photographs, you know, the lenses make it look either bigger or more yes. intimate than what is there. They've, they've brought in extra styling. They've brought in different things. And the majority of the time the people don't live like that. They just don't. It's it's staged for a shoot and it's always a case, you know, that the photo's taken one angle. If you turned it around the other way, I guarantee it's chaos because they've pulled things out, they've got extra stuff, it's all happening. You know, the calm in front of the camera is not so much the storm behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, good to know. Good to know. I'm getting used to it, getting used to it. Now I'm about to rip up my kitchen floor because it needs to match the tiles in the bathroom. It's a big job though. But, Shane, we've got a list. Sorry. Go for it. I have to say, it's a bit exciting you've finished your, your bathroom. You've been talking about it for quite a while. I have. And do you know how refreshing it was to go for four weeks without hot running water in the bathroom and in, you know, not having an inside toilet? And it makes you realise how lucky we are in a good, you know, mm. in a Western country where you just take it for granted that you've got a hot shower and a toilet. And I was yeah. using like this old... Um, 1880s, it's an old wash bowl, like, you know, with the big jug and the, because there was a couple of times where I wasn't able to stop at my sister's and and go for a a quick shower before work. And I was like, wow, this is how people lived in, for, for, you know, hundreds of years, having a little sponge bath and using the uh, wood fire to heat the water. So it gives you a real appreciation of luxury. So yes, it is exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we've got a listener question from Sammy. This is an interesting one, Shana. And while we're on the sort of um, talk of bathrooms, um, Shana and Jane, we did a bathroom reno a couple of years ago and all of the tiles were matte tiles. It was all the rage. Happy with the look of them, horrible to clean. How do I clean my matte tiles? How do I deal with all the buildup or should I just rip it out and replace it? What I can imagine, if that's the actual issue after 12 months, they must have been a matte tile that needs a seal. So it might be an actual stone rather than just a porcelain tile. Um, they need to actually completely scrub it clean free and get it, get a tile sealer um, because if it's, if it's an actual natural stone, it needs to be sealed. And not everyone gets told that. Um, so it may not be the surface type it might actually be the type of tile that it is so I'd say after 12 months it needs to be sealed either way so it actually probably needs a bit of a um a bleach scrub to take it back because once you seal it that's what it's going to be so does that defeat the purpose does it it defeat the does it defeat the purpose of of having a matte look then if you've got to seal it won't the sealer just look like a gloss tile then no you can get matte matte versions that's fine. Oh. You get a matte, a matte sealer. The good thing is, though, that when you seal the tiles, you're actually sealing the grout as well. So the grout will end up being um, less porous too. And as we look forward to um, the rest of the year, Shana, what's on the agenda for you? You're obviously dealing with this renovation, but Voice of Change Australia, you had a huge win on Celebrity Apprentice and won the prize money, and I'm assuming the money raised at your fundraiser, that sort of last event. So where to from here for Voice of Change? Well, Voice of Change, um, we've got the movie coming out, which is a a separate production, but Voice of Change is using all the details from that movie 
um, to do our first project of Voice of Change. And it's all about, you know, prevention of harm. It's prevention of violence. And so our, our next stage is to do our first project of um panels and discussions and using professional collateral that people can take with them of, of how to deal with not just, you know, family violence, but also as a bystander, as um, can you see this in your workplace? Do we need education in schools, education in your workplace? So we're working on programs that we can take into that environment. So we stop the violence happening. That, that's the biggest thing that we're trying to do is to stop the violence and stop people before they get into that bad behaviour before it gets worse. So it must be pretty exciting though to launch your own foundation charity, not-for-profit, and, and then suddenly have a great little boost to the bank account to take that work forward. It means we can actually do a very thorough project to start with so people can actually really see what we're trying to do and trying to achieve. We're connected with so many incredible peoples in in that forum of, um, you know, family violence and preventative um, harm. And I think it's really important that people realise it does take a little while to get that all going. So it'll yes. be a little while before we see something. But I also want to just do a big thank you to all the people reaching out to, that want to volunteer, people that want to tell their stories. Um, we will get to it. Um, and it's also overwhelming that there are so many people that um, are in that situation that um, are saying thank you as well because they, they wish that there was that prevention and that open talk about what's happening in, in that arena um, so people can say enough, no, we're not going to accept that and that's where we want the world to get to and that's what we hope Voice of Change will be part of. So it's long term but I've got to say thank you to everybody reaching out at the moment. It, it's very, very heartfelt. And if you want more information, you can follow a great Instagram account as well. Shana pops up in my feed as well, Voice of Change AU. There's the website and, of course, your Instagram and social media. Uh, update on the block before I let you go back to your renovation. Uh, when, when are we going to be seeing that? <laughs> well, I, I never know until it goes, you know, coming soon. <laughs> um, you know, we have finished it, which is really exciting. We got in just before the Melbourne lockdown of filming that. Um, but it, but it, I'm, I'm sure it's not far away. In the next couple of months, it'll be on our screens because, you know, big spring option time's coming. So we need to get in, get in uh, first before that. I know, because I need more it's Shana on my TV. I can't, I can't go without having a Shana show. So I think I need more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I've got to say the contestants on this block are incredible and what they've achieved is mind-blowing. I think people are just going to be even more inspired than they've been before. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Shana. I'm I'm going to let you get back to work. You're all rugged up, I can see. It must be pretty chilly where you are down the Zoom line. So thanks so much for the update. Thank you so much. And um, I, I just look forward to people sort of finding out what Voices Change is about and um, making change in the world, which is really exciting. So thank you, Jane. We're going to put all of the links to those websites, the Instagram accounts, in the show notes to this episode of Homestyle, of course. It is all thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne. That's Red Energy, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks for listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today. 
Hello, it's Stavros from O'Brien Real Estate. Want to know what's happening in real estate? Join me on Under the Hammer. Market trends, boom suburbs, and what to do if you're buying or selling. We've got it all on Under the Hammer. Red Energy's podcast lifestyle series. Available from wherever you get your podcasts and the SEN app.